Welcome back, guys. You're listening to the Walk Around Knowledge Podcast with Lo Millie, where I break down topics I've learned while securing my legacy. Think about it as knowledge you should be armed with while you're navigating through life. Let's take a walk. Welcome back, everybody. Last week, we talked about the beginning stages of starting Can't Stay Put. You know, I'm fresh from quitting my job. I'm psyched. I've, you know, gone to my first major Can't Stay Put trip and project. And now I'm back home, you know, trying to figure out what's next. Right. And so this is when the real work begins, the real, you know, the grind begins. And, you know, a lot of people say this is the the time period for you to fail fast. I also like to say this is the period where like can't say put was like a canvas and I was just throwing shit up on the board to see what would stick. And that's literally what I was doing. And it was around me figuring out how to bring as much exposure to the brand and platform, bringing much exposure to what I was doing, my mission. Um, I wanted to, yeah, just grow the brand and platform, grow my newsletter, grow my readership. At this time, I think I had already reached like readership in over 50 countries, but you know, this is still a brand. It's not a business. I'm still broke, still working side gigs at this time, but I'm, I'm getting into, into the groove of creating content of bartering my services with other creatives of writing content of, you know, figuring out creative ways to be very engaging. And I'm really honing in on my storytelling skills. So I guess you could say this is like the beginning of me putting in my 10,000 hours, right? Shout out to Malcolm Gladwell, because we all got to put in our 10,000 hours. If you haven't read that book, make sure you read that book and know he did not pay me for this. Secondly, um, <laughs> also during this time is like, you know, I'm also establishing my thought leadership because one of the things that I, I probably mentioned on a previous podcast is that, you know, although I had traveled significantly my whole life and I felt like I had a certain level of uh, know-how, I hadn't established a level of authority in a professional manner. And so that was another aspect of what I was doing during this time. And just to kind of set the stage of this time, um, you know, I mentioned, you know, being one of the pioneers of the black millennial travel movement, I feel like I was a part of the freshman class because I definitely wasn't the only one. It was a group of us um, all over the country, black women. Um, you guys may know that me and um, the founder Travel Noir were very, very close um, back in the beginning stages of this. And it was a very like exciting time. And we were all really um, eager and excited to be a part of something that had never existed before. You know, we're carving out spaces and carving out platforms and lanes for ourselves that nobody had ever done before, especially black travel women. And so it was a, a time period where, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. You know, we're coming up together. Like it really is like double XL, <laughs> the freshman class. Um, and so this is also the time period where, you know, 
the glitch fair is, you know, a thing like glitch fairs, you know, to, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember when they're, I think the glitch fair to like, I remember getting a flare to India for like two twenty five round trip, getting the glitch flare to like Dubai, you know, I didn't even use that flight, but this is like that era. So if you've been rocking, you've been in the travel space, the black millennial travel space, then you know, this time period that I'm talking about, this is like, the hype, like you know, we 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 being seen, CNN picking us up. So anyway, so you get this, you you get what I'm what I'm putting down. But even at this juncture, I still didn't feel like I had like gotten that like stamp of validation. I'm still you know building that traction, and I also experienced like I would say like my first failure in kind of creating projects and creating. Uh, what would you say? Yeah, just kind of creating projects or creating campaigns to further the brand. And that failure was I planned on um, road tripping to all the civil rights sites across the country. And I was going to do it for my birthday. Like this was like um, an ode to, you know, you don't know where you're going unless you know where you came from and, you know, black history and, you know, like young person curating this experience. And I planned it out. I was going to spend a couple of days here, a night here, you know, all of this, like over a span of two weeks. The first location on the road trip was Savannah. I was supposed to spend a couple hours in Savannah, ended up spending three days in Savannah. Why? Because for whatever reason, my young naive ass thought that I was going to learn about all my history in a couple of hours. Like, who the fuck, like what? And Savannah at that. Like, and if you know black history, then you know Savannah is not a drive-by type of city. Like, it's much to be learned. Um, and I remember going there and so many of the community leaders were taken aback by my visit because they had never seen, at that time, young a young person who was very adamant about raising awareness about our rights, our history, and doing it on, I was doing it on my own. Like, this wasn't a school project. This wasn't for a professor. This was on some, like, straight, like, niggas, we need to know. Like, we out here, you know, grinding and thinking that we're going through the trenches when we got answers that been through way worse than what we're going through. So that was the whole mindset around it. And so when I got to Savannah and realized, like, damn, Lauren, you really fucked up. Like, you, a HBCU grad, you know your black history, and even still, you done planned this, like quick ass road trip thinking you about to do you and your people justice. That's just ridiculous. And so what ended up happening was I canceled that. I haven't even picked it back up. It's been almost five, six years. That's a mental note for myself to bring this back up, but I ended up canceling and I guess stopping that project because I was like, okay, Lauren, you are not about to pussyfoot this. You're not about to like skim your people, our history, where we've been, what we've been through. And that was my first time. Like, I was like, shit, I failed. Like, and I'm the avid traveler. Like I had promoted it. I had told people about it, press release the whole nine. And yeah, I failed. <laughs> I mentioned that how, when I got to Savannah, I was well received by the community. And, and just to kind of give you guys a little bit of background when I would create projects or travel experiences for Can't Stay Put, 
I wasn't simply just going to experience the place myself. I made contact with the people. I created um, just spaces for fellowship, for interviews, to create content, the whole nine. It wasn't me kind of being a spectator. And so when I got to Savannah and was welcomed by, I remember like the clergy, like, and I hadn't even set, hadn't even set up meetings to meet with the clergy, but when word spread that I was in town. I'm this young person. I got this platform. I'm raising awareness um, about, you know, the civil rights sites across the country. And then just me being, I think I was still 25, 26 at the time, right? So I was like, this is a young person that gives a damn. Like, this is not no field trip. This is not no school project. And I was like, yeah, because I feel like my peers, my people need to know this so we can be armed with the walk around knowledge to really be out here (laughs) to be out here um doing a damn thing you know what I mean because like I mentioned before you don't really know where you're going unless you know where you came from and our ancestors I feel like every generation went through shit that we don't have to go through and still were great in spite of and so that was really the the thought behind doing that project but you know I was I quickly learned that uh, you allocating three, four hours in Savannah, you need to look at this whole travel itinerary, this whole schedule, because this ain't going to cut it. And so essentially what I did, like I mentioned, I postponed the project. I haven't picked it up since then. Uh, It's almost like a reminder that I need to pick this back up, but I haven't, um, I postponed it because like I said, I I didn't want to pussyfoot around our history. Didn't want to pussyfoot around telling our stories. Didn't want to pussyfoot around, you know, just the magnitude of who we are, but it was a good learning experience because, you know, up until this point, like I'm the avid traveler, like I know how to do this. Um, and yes, the planning and the coordination side. Yes. But I, what I learned from that is, When you are looking to create content, you're looking to produce, you're looking to learn, you're looking to um, reflect that the time it takes to do that. I was just starting to learn what the time the time it took to actually do those types of things, because mind you, up until I started Kansas, although I had traveled the world immensely, I wasn't traveling intently with the brand and the platform building and so forth and so forth. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, failing fast, you know, that's a part of 10,000 hours. Um, and again, at this point, like I'm still, like I mentioned, I'm still a brand, not a business. I'm working side gigs here and there, but I wouldn't say that I had created a steady flow of income up under the brand. And so, um, But at this time, like I am looking up different competitions to compete in. I am, you know, participating in various other different campaigns and um, and different engagements that promote black travel just to kind of get my name out there. Right. Because I think this is also the time where social media, well, not social media, Instagram was very new. So it was like me saying that I'm a part of the freshman class then also like Instagram being new the whole influencer title being new. So everything was just like new. Nothing was like what it is today now, seven years later. Um, And so during this time, I remember um, submitting an application to 
um, compete in the National Black NBA Association's like entrepreneur entrepreneurship competition. And mind you, like I'm still I'm only selling a concept. I'm not selling the business because it ain't a business. But the concept was dope as shit to the point where like I made it to the semifinals, um, competed. And um, I think I was one of seven. I got to present in front of, you know, the the organization. And it was like my first time on a grand stage of like, you know, my name is Lauren Miller. Like I started Can't Stay Put. Like this is who I am. This is mine. Um, and it started to feel good. It was like, okay, like this is a concept. I brought it to the world. Like people were responding. And granted, I didn't win that um competition but it started to make things real and it started to allow me to see this more professionally because I think although I was taking what I was doing seriously it was still somewhat hobby like because it was I was doing something that I found very enjoyable um but you know at this point in time like I mentioned, like I'm just trying to do any and everything for people to know what I'm doing and also trying to figure out how I can physically not stay put. Because at this point in time, I'm thinking that can't stay put is solely about the travel piece. It morphing into being lifestyle travel, a way of life didn't come until later on in terms of my consciousness. And so at this point, I'm like, OK, Laura, you need to figure out a way to physically not stay put because you can't be building a brand called can't stay put and you stay put. And so what that meant for me was, all right, who do I know and where are they? How can I cheaply try to figure out how to come up with some change to get there. How can I crash here? And so I would say like with most things with entrepreneurship, like you really are doing an inventory check of your network. Who do you know? And also an inventory, taking the inventory of what you can offer and bring value to other people. Because when you are strapped for resources and you ain't got shit, you got yourself, you got whatever investment you've placed and whatever skill set that you have. And at this point in time, I wasn't cognizant of it, but I'm learning how to, you know, create experiences. I'm learning how to curate. I'm learning how to create content. I'm learning how to creative direct. I'm learning how to do branding. I'm learning how to do marketing. All of these things I'm learning how to do in building my own brand and platform. What tended to happen was I'm starting to realize that, okay, I can now monetize these skills that I've acquired from building my own thing. So what ended up happening was I went from working side gigs to build the brand to getting gigs because of the brand. And so there was a time period where that shift was taking place. And I'm, and at this place, I'm like in the beginning of that shift, like in the beginning of like, oh, okay, you know, I guess I could do some travel writing. Like, let me figure out, do I like to travel right? Or like, you know, rate hotels. Do I like that? Or do I like, you know, planning people's trips? Do I like travel agency like work? You know, trying to figure out like within this space, what is it that caused me? And so you actually, you know, you have to do shit to figure out what it is that you want to do. And so in this phase, in this time period, I was just doing a lot of doing. You know what I mean? A lot of doing, a lot of failing. Um, 
extending myself grace, but just excited as hell, right? Because I'm still out here creating something from scratch. People hype. Travel is a very aspirational, inspirational, awe-inspiring thing. And at this juncture, you know, it wasn't as commercialized and, you know, very well planned out and curated as it is today. So like back then, like the energy around black millennial travel was like insane. You know what I mean? Um, And to be somebody in that space who had a level of authority that could lead and influence my community to not only see the world, but to see themselves outside of the realm of what they have historically seen themselves was just a beautiful time. You know what I mean? Um, But even still, I'm still yearning for a little bit more validation. You know, my parents are proud, but they still don't really know what the hell I do. Um, They know I started to gain some traction. They know, you know, I compete in the black NBA uh, entrepreneurship um, competition you know, I'm starting to get a little bit of interviews here and there. But the concept, again, like I said, the the terminology of influencer, blogger, all that kind of stuff wasn't as commonly known. And that wasn't even my title. Like I was an inspirational explorer and I made that shit up. So people really wasn't understanding what the hell I was doing. Um, but this was like that figuring out stage. This is like that, you know head into the computer like where can I go what can I do how can I create how can I influence how can I make an impact how can I educate how can I um, expand people's horizon and mindset around global thought global travel global perspective and that was what I was you know that was what I was focused on and hoping that there was going to be something that was going to kind of give me a break. Like that was going to take me to the next level and kind of, um, you know, kind of solidify what I was doing and it not be something that was just cute. You know what I mean? Like now travel blogging, travel influencing, like it's a, it's a big time job. But back then it was like, Oh, that's cute. That's cool. Like what, you know, like what is the work aspect of it? Like that's work. Hell yeah. It's fucking work. So as you've heard, you know, this time period is, like I mentioned, like the beginning stages of getting like that traction, like you're slightly going up that hill. It's like being on the airplane right before you fully take off and you're off the ground is like those back wheels are still on the runway, but the front ones are coming up a little bit like that's this time period. But I'm still kind of yearning, you know, to fully take off and get that type of validation. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, And then we're going to come back and I'm going to kind of share some of the keen takeaways and reflections of this time period in my journey. Now we're back. And so I'm going to dive a little bit into some of the takeaways of this time. You know, it's a very humbling and beautiful time where you're first starting something from scratch. I know for me that that was the time period where I was learning any and all things about building my brand. So I was, you know, building my website, learning how to code, learning how to edit, learning how to create videos, learning how to produce, um, learning all of these various different aspects because there are no resources to outsource it. And, you know, 
But that's a part of building a brand, building a business is learning all aspects. You know, that's the fun part. And I always used to say, like, I remember in the beginning stages, like, I wish I knew what I wanted to learn when I was in grade school and when I was in college, because I would have been so fucking hype and um, way more committed to my learning. But of course, you know, timeline, got to grow up, adults, all that kind of stuff. But it was like, I saw for the first time my eagerness to learn. And you start to realize that when somebody finds their purpose, when somebody finds what they want to do, that curiosity and that eagerness to learn is really unstoppable. It's really nothing that you feel like you cannot do. And I think at that point in time, this was a time where I really blew my mind because I had never really considered myself a technical person, but there was times and spaces where I would lock myself in my room, not my room. Cause I ain't live nowhere. I would lock myself in whoever's room or whoever's office at the time and not leave until I would figure something out or be on YouTube university until I figured it out. And so as I look back at that time, it's like, I still carry a part of that with me today. Cause I like knowing how to do shit. Like even if I can afford to outsource it, or even if I'm no longer at the juncture where I need to dedicate my time doing it. I like learning and, you know, being on this journey, building a brand, building a business, you are quickly, you quickly learn that you have to be committed to learning. Like it's just nowhere the way. And in fact, that's one of the pillars of the can't stay put brand. But anyway, you get my gist. Um, And, you know, this is, this is just, you know, what it is. So I'm going to leave you with this. And I've mentioned it before today. There's no way around the 10,000 hours. Ain't no way around it. Go ahead and suck it up. Go ahead and put them in. And also be very clear that you may have started to put your 10,000 hours in very young. You don't know, depending on what it is that you're doing. Because I will say for me, my 10,000 hours started before I started Can't Stay Put. But anyway, I'll leave you with that. So that wraps up another episode of the Walk Around Knowledge podcast with Low Millie. Thank you so much for tuning in on another episode. Make sure you subscribe and you review. Make sure you tell your mama and your mama's mama. Um, and just want to continue to reiterate that this first season is very much foundational. You get to learn who I am. And, you know, I will also love to hear your feedback. So be sure to leave a review. And share with a friend. I'll see you next Monday.